if we brought a lot of um, instruments to state committee, then maybe we could have the kickoff to Penavision. Penavision, yeah. By yes. recording our own freak folk song, because it would have to be in that genre, because yeah. I know other than Shanna, I don't feel any of us have the um, natural... <laughs> I will I will look at the I will try to find um the trombone part for uh the Pennsylvania polka because there must be a trombone part for Pennsylvania polka. I and find a way to bring handbells because and I I'll try to I'll piano. try to also like learn it on the violin. It'll be really bad, but I'll learn it. <laughs> I can I mean, I'll bring my boom whackers. I'll yeah. I'll do you know what boom whackers are yes. oh the clarinet clarinet hey we should polka. have a we should have a coven small ensemble I'm a flute yeah. player I also could record the horn parts if we don't nice. have a horn player we go. so who here wants to learn how to play the bassoon hello sisters and welcome grab a drink in a familiar cozy up by a bubbling cauldron and join us for this meeting of the sisters of the night caucus say hello sisters I'm Katie. I'm Angela. I'm Emily. And I'm Shanna. Thank you, Shanna, for making letter symbols with your hands so that people knew when they had to say their names. I'm Jillian. And <laughs> I had the thing open. I'm just trying to be helpful. <laughs> no, listen. Found it very helpful. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Um I will say, yeah. I did. I did have a brief vaccinated hug with uh -huh. one of our Patreon subscribers today. Oh my god, who? April. <gasps> April. Yes. Um, they were driving through on their way back from a family gathering, a post-COVID right. family gathering, and yeah, yeah. And they really appreciate our introductions and and things like that because you know. We are not Oprah, and nobody recognizes our voice. Nobody knows who we are, and that's okay. We don't care. Yeah, I kind of like it like that, if I'm honest. No, I do. Although, just like totally out of context and quickly, though, can I just say, like, I was trying to look for a trench coat to buy, and uh, y'all know why. I was trying to look for a trench coat to buy, and OprahDaily.com or something like that, right, had like the 10 best trench coats. And I was like, I want to find out. What does Oprah think the 10 best trench coats are? And it was, I clicked on the link and it was like, you have surpassed, like you have gone past your limit for clicking on these links. And I was like, have I? Because I don't, I don't believe I've ever been on that website. And oh. here I am with my slightly ill-fitting leather trench coat that I bought that's black. That is very much me. I mean, you insisted on getting that leather trench coat and I didn't really support it, but. I don't no, know how I many guess. raccoons you could comfortably put in a leather trench. I don't know, but I think I look good in it, so fuck off. And I just feel like, <laughs> would the raccoons be comfortable in a leather trench coat? Would they be like okay with animal skin as their coat? I Keep actually think like they're raccoons, so far <laughs> for the they're uh, not gonna care. Yeah, no, I guess you're right on that one. I guess you're right. Like, I mean, <laughs> no one ever said our raccoons are angels. It's true. It's true. Uh, anyway, listen, we should get to uh, the segment that we're doing, which is today we're hexing things. Um, we're in that mood. We're feeling hexy. 
and we hexing. can't stop ourselves from hexing things and we're witches so that's what we're gonna do um not because we're evil because we know right from wrong and we gotta call it out when we see it katie yes tell them. yes i have had this like slew of emails that were group emails mm-hmm. that didn't need to be group emails oh god that did like like this isn't even like a professional email these are not work emails my colleagues are way smarter than to do things like this but you send a group email about something passive aggressive right like where you want to like have somebody do something different than you want and you cc people or you want somebody to uh contact another person Mm -hmm. uh but then nobody actually addresses the person that's supposed to be contacted directly in the entire email chain you know things like that so like those group emails that first of all don't need to be a group email and are just so fucking passive aggressively because like there's a lot of things i'm involved with outside of my job in this podcast and volunteer things and everything and i've i've just kind of hit my limit on idiotic group emails and i'm done with them and i'm done with the mediocre white men who write them yeah no i absolutely yeah no absolutely Uh, i know the emails that you're talking about they're awful um emily what are you hexing yeah i'm hexing it's related to part hex uh the first is the more personal aspect of The weather lately has been just so annoying for me. I desperately hate hot and humid temperatures. And it's just been like, like every day is just like walking into, I don't even know, like a, just reminds me of like a sweaty locker room or something. I don't know. It's just disgusting. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like also these massive storms that, occur kind of without notice Mm -hmm. it's just annoying I'm not pleased with July in general and then the second part would yes Katie what why do you think that's happening Emily oh well let me get right to that second part uh the second part is generally climate change in general yes July has always sucked but like it's sucking way more these days and not just you know in Pennsylvania or the states Although, you know, especially out West, it's like getting quite bad. Um, But, you know, this week we had like those massive, massive downpours in um, Europe, where in like Germany and Belgium and a bunch of people died, right? Yeah, like massive, massive, massive floods that were beyond like what has occurred um, in any recent memory. Um, And then... Like, it, it just seems like it's happening. There's these natural disasters that keep happening. And it, to even call them natural disasters anymore just seems like it's not quite the right terminology because it's like, yes, it's yeah. coming from nature, but like, it's a uh, nature that humans, you know, exacerbated yeah. greatly. Augmented and it's like, nature. Yeah, and it's like, there's nothing happening. And I mean, Europe is, is working on their... Um, decarbonization plan and like yes you know biden is working on some stuff but it's like it's happening now Mm -hmm. and where's the policies to start slowing it down like it's just 
there's nothing it seems like it's just happening and we're all just watching it and hopefully only watching it you know and not having to live it yeah it's rough so i hex i hex that all of that yeah absolutely uh shanna um like to hex something I live to hex things. That's why I'm yes, here today. Bitch. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, I want to tag onto Katie's email frustration and say mm-hmm. people who reply all, especially with it's just like, thanks. Like, no, fuck you. Oh, I do not want to delete 15 it. of these in my inbox. No. Please don't do that. People. Also, it's like, please. it's 2021. We've been emailing yeah. for like 20 years. Can't we? Just check to see who we're replying to you know it is literally pet peeve uh and then also people who have all the opinions and then either don't sign up for the committees that are working on the things to fix the things they have opinions for or they sign mm-hmm. up and then they don't show up yeah i am organizing a scholarship for something i'm involved in and like seven people said they wanted to help and literally one person got on the meeting one and then I emailed everyone and I was like all right well if you still have opinions let me know by Friday or else I will not hunt you down because you are not children Thank no one you. responded so like you know what Thank you. <laughs> it's not gonna happen I'm not I'm, okay but the biggest text is for uh-huh. our dear friend state representative Russ Diamond Russell who somehow Diamond. has not died from COVID yet so good for uh, him I guess fuck. you know for his yeah. <laughs> protective bubble but he's on the interwebs today comparing the um pa legislative black caucus members to insurrectionists because why because months ago they took over the rostrum to make demands for police accountability and i don't know for the world to stop treating black and brown people like they're disposable and so russ diamond is on twitter um comparing them to insurrectionists and then doubling down on it when being called out for his racist disgusting behavior see that's but- just weird because i feel like that's just like legislators going to work um everybody has opinions on rust diamond so i'm done i, I haven't i haven't Angela. I, ha- I, I just want to point out yeah yeah uh, that exact scenario you're speaking of uh produced quite possibly the most comical and his like hysterical melodramatic and bullshit video that I might have ever seen from a <laughs> legislator, and that's saying a lot. And that was when it was happening. And um, you know, we'll link to this in the show mm. notes because it should live in infamy. Right. Um, but while that was happening, Aaron Bernstein went live from a corner oh, and like made it like he was hyperventilating and so scared. And he said, Black Lives Matter protesters have taken over the, <laughs> the But it's just like other state legislators. It's literally his which, coworkers. It's just like literally his coworkers. Yeah, no, exactly. Do. No, but but listen, but they oh he did not say, he did not say at any point in this this hysterical little video that they were his his co-workers of course, of course. Um, and and equals and yeah. um and it, it created i mean the comment section was one of the most vile racist things i've ever read not saying a lot but um mm. yeah sitting there he was sitting there like he was scared like he was in harm and i feel like 
people need to never forget that because it was disgusting. Never forget that Aaron Bernstein is both stupid and a coward. Can I just say though, like members of the Legislative Black Caucus, several of whom I know pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I'd be afraid of any of them. Like, I mean, honestly, they all seem really cool and nice. They're amazing people. And like, I mean, although granted, the more- I mean, I guess if you're Aaron Bernstein, if you're a virulent fucking white supremacist, awful racist, sure, fine. You might be worried because you have views that are abhorrent. Really, really, really- want some sort of live PCN debate between Representative Summer Lee and Aaron Bernstein. Here's what okay, let me push back on that for a second. Because I want to see her eat him alive because she's yeah, I get amazing. it. Listen, but like here's the thing. Summer Lee doesn't deserve that. No, that's, she doesn't. that's no, disrespectful no. to Summer Lee. That is disrespectful to Summer Lee because Aaron Bernstein is i don't have words i wanted to call him a child but then i was like that's so insulting to children um he's awful and he's ridiculous and we should never give his ridiculous racist views the light of day or oxygen so really we should just hear summer lee talk this this circles back around to last episode it does It circles back around. We can poke fun. And yeah. I do want to make sure as many people in the world see this hysterical little video. Yeah, yeah. It's related, you know, related to Shanna's hacks. Um, and that kind of thing. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Like he's not worthy of debate, yeah. you know, period. Like, and it, and when you do that, like, I don't know, like, are we giving credence? Like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah absolutely um what am i gonna hex this week there's so many things and angela I has to hex know. too angela has to hex too angela do you have anything to hex oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh of course, of course i have things to hex yeah um i i wanted to add extraordinarily quickly that i too have obtained a trench coat and it has both a capelet and a waist ruffle so i'm very oh my excited. goodness yeah it is it oh is a it is a it is a it's a thing it's a, it's it. a whole thing it's a uh-huh. thing of a trash um so i want to hex um two things specifically the first and foremost are um parents all across the state of pennsylvania mm-hmm. who have basically stated at virulently anyone who will listen and have harassed school board members to the point of um, ridiculousness over the mask requirements or lack thereof in the fall return to school. Yeah. Um, Your kids aren't vaccinated, man. The Delta variant is no joke. Over 99% of people who have died in the last two weeks were unvaccinated. Mm your children are unvaccinated. They're walking Petri dishes. Um, There are children all over the United States on vents with the Delta variant. And um, some of the the things that these parents are saying, I I don't even know 
I don't even know what you say. You know, whenever, whenever you're willing to say on record, I don't care if my kid gets COVID as long as they can walk as a free person. That's um, insane. That's insane. You you need help. You need help. And, um, and, and so that's my enormous hex and also wish at like, I don't know, there's no changing the hearts and minds of these people, but I feel terrible for their children. And I'm so extraordinarily concerned with what happens when school goes back in. And my heart goes out to every single parent who is dealing with this because I mean, I've watched neighbors of mine break down in tears as they made the decision to pull their kids out of school this fall over this. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that, but an enormous hex on these folks, parents who are in charge of the health and welfare of their children and can't trust science and make rational decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I have a second hex, but I'm kind of overwhelmed with my dislike for, for those parents. <laughs> and now I've forgotten yeah. it. No, I do have, I have a deep problem with them, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I do like genuinely like in the last, like as a parent, it's been so hard in the last year. And like, I'm a parent of a teenager, which, um, thank you for your condolences. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but we switched to PA cyber, which like was a hard, was a hard thing for me because I deeply and passionately love, um, public schools, but I did learn that PA cyber is unionized. So that does make me feel better. So, uh, we love our unionized teachers, um, and our unionized everything, but, um, yeah, no, that's absolutely like at 100% hex all those people. All right. Well, listen, you know, obviously I, um, have many things to hex. You guys have hexed most of the things that I would have hexed. Um, I guess one thing that I'm going to hex so briefly is, um, anybody that drives a car in Somerset County, what are you doing? What are you doing? In 20 minutes, we had somebody pull out in front of us there were people moving weirdly slow. There were short stops and weird turns. Why are you like this? So a, a pox on Somerset County drivers. Please do better. Please do better. Um. <laughs> you made me remember my second hack. Oh no, what was it? Quick. Uh, just uh, listen, 30 seconds. I would like to hack anyone who still thinks that billboards are effective. Thank you. Billboards are garbage. Please don't, please don't give money for billboards. Billboards are garbage. Can we we make that a t-shirt? Billboards are garbage. Yeah, we we need to organize people and register holders and billboards don't do anything. Stop it. You could spend your money so much better. Listen, we have had tons of fun hexing things, but now I'm so excited because honestly, uh, one of my favorite candidates is joining us today and she's really fantastic uh a lifelong resident of pennsylvania i'm gonna take this i'm gonna take katie's intro because i like her so much uh first a lifelong resident of pennsylvania first in her family to attend college single mom lawyer judge and appellate judge 
Judge Maria McLaughlin grew up in West Philadelphia. Um, she received her under undergraduate degree from Penn State University. We are love that. Uh, and her law degree from Delaware Law School, Widener University. Judge McLaughlin worked as an assistant district attorney in Philadelphia and later as chief of the Child Support Enforcement Unit. She serves as liaison between the Pennsylvania Bar Association and the Superior Court. Throughout her legal career, Judge McLaughlin has dedicated numerous hours off the bench to various organizations, including anti-violence, anti-drug, re-entry programs, and youth organizations. She spent time working with women in prisons, helping them hone their interview skills so they might increase their chances of, ex of success outside the prison system. Judge McLaughlin all, uh, appears often as an instructor, instructor and or guest speaker on a variety of topics for the Pennsylvania Bar Association. We are so excited to have Judge Maria McLaughlin with us. Hi. I'm so excited too. Oh, that's so great. Love it. Love it. Yes. Thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Yeah. We know you have limited time because campaigns are busy. Totally. Um, and you are always going, but we're going to get to that bit in a little. Yeah. Um, although we as as podcast uh, hosts do know the courts pretty well, so to speak, we have a very wide range of listeners on this podcast yeah. with various ranges of knowledge. Mm -hmm. As a judge, can you help explain the differences between the three state courts, maybe some examples of the types of cases, just so that our, our listeners have a better understanding. Certainly, and I think, honestly, quite frankly, everybody has those questions. I mean, unless you're involved in politics or the legal system, how do you know the difference? Right. So in most of the areas, you start off with magisterial district judges. Uh, in Philadelphia and Allegheny County, we have municipal court judges. It's the same as a, ma a magisterial district judge at that level. It's the first level. And it's quite frankly, probably the most important level for many folks because it's parking tickets, it's moving violations, it's landlord tenant issues. It's maybe, um, you know, everything at the preliminary level. So a lot of regular everyday folks will come to court at a magisterial district level. Uh, the next level up is the Court of Common Pleas. And so I sat on the Court of Common Pleas in Philadelphia for many years in family and criminal. In some of the smaller counties, like where all of you are, there may be judges that just do everything at the Court of Common Pleas level. One day they may be doing a divorce case, but then one day they may be doing a homicide case. So that's the next level, the Court of Common Pleas. You hear family court, criminal court, civil court, if you sue a hospital or a doctor, if you want to sue somebody in orphans court uh, because there's an issue with an estate, that's at the court of common pleas level. And then if you're not happy with what your judge did at the court of common pleas level, you have the absolute right to appeal. I'm on the superior court. We don't have the right to say, we're going to take this case. We're not going to take this case. If you don't like what your judge did at that level, you think there was a mistake made, you have the absolute right to appeal to the superior court. And it's an error correcting court as is the Commonwealth Court. They're intermediate appellate courts and it's Commonwealth Court will handle all of the government issues, suing the state, the Commonwealth. If it's a case with maybe PennDOT, you might have a case at the Commonwealth Court level. The voting rights cases, a lot of them went to the Commonwealth Court. Uh, superior Court where I am, everything. 
family law, criminal law, civil law, orphans court, juvenile court. We also sign wiretaps. Many folks don't know that. It's the oh, superior, wow. yeah, it's the superior court that approves wiretaps all over the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so it's a really important court and we are the busiest appellate court in the nation, the superior court. And then at the wow. top level, ladies where you need to get me. <laughs> That's the Supreme yeah, yeah. Court. That is the Supreme Court. There are seven justices on that court. You do not have the absolute right to appeal to that court because that court has a lot of administrative duties that our other courts don't. The mm -hmm. Supreme Court deals with all of the courts throughout the Commonwealth. In addition to that, they have about 500 appeals a year and it's you don't have an appeal as a right. They pick and choose what they will take. And obviously it's because of the import of all the cases. Sure. So. So that's the court system in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, that's like, I think that's really good and succinct. And I'll tell you, that actually really segues well into my first question, because you put the Pennsylvania court system into such a tight, succinct, like, little piece. And that is not a surprise to me, because you're an excellent campaigner like an excellent campaigner, A plus across the board. Thank you. You're absolutely welcome. Um, and so, but here's my question though, because like, so judges, right? Uh, you don't actually get to run for office that often. And so I would say this. So one, it's sort of a two-part question. One, um, you know, how does running for office less often affect you? And two, like, do you miss the running for office in between times? Because the judges, of course, can't get into politics when they're just being judges. Yeah. So the second part of the question, God, no, I do not miss it when I am. <laughs> God, no. Do I miss seeing folks from all over the state? Yes. The campaigning, no. I am so <laughs> grateful that um, everybody considers me a great candidate, but really I just like to think of myself as a people person. And I think <laughs> if you're a people person, you can be a good candidate, you could be a good anything if you have a good work ethic, yeah. right? And so that's really how I, I look at campaigning. I look at it, first of all, as a great opportunity to get to know the state when you're representing the whole state, right? Yeah. So, so, so Jillian, did I know Blair County before I came? <laughs> no, but now I get to know it and there I get to love it just like I love my own hometown. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's so many pluses to it, but the stress yeah. of knowing that you are doing all of this um, to get somewhere yeah. and that you may not is not something I enjoy at all. Um, I love meeting people. I love campaigning and getting to know different pockets of the state, getting to know different people. All, mm -hmm. every, all of us are different. But what I found is, you know, if you put yourself out there, we have so many more similarities than we do differences. You know, when I was campaigning, folks would go, they're not going to like you from Philadelphia. You know, <laughs> you wear red lipstick and high heels everywhere you go. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're just not like that. And I go, yeah, it's all true. But guess what? I love them and they love me and we get along. Like, first and of all, I wear red lipstick and high heels all the time and I live in Blair County. So 
and and I mean, and, <laughs> and I really don't. Because the funny thing about it is, I go to work with no makeup, mm-hmm. and sneakers, and tights every single day to my chambers because Bless, we love it. <laughs> we read and write and research, and there's no reason we don't see members of the general public to get dressed. Yeah. Um, but so I, I just always think that there's more similarities than there are differences and you just have to put yourself out there. Um, but the campaigning, I, I really don't miss it when I'm not doing it, I miss <laughs> people, but not the campaigning. <laughs> That's so interesting because you are genuinely very good at it. And I think it is definitely like an extrovert thing, um, because you are so good with people generally, uh, but that's definitely like a rare quality in candidates. Yeah. I, I, I look, I really do enjoy people and I enjoy meeting people and I enjoy listening to them. I enjoy, you know, sharing my story because I always think like, you know, I never thought I'd ever be where I am today. So if I can like, just tell everybody that really, this is truly my story, maybe yeah. somebody else might go, you know what, if she could, why not? And it's the truth because anybody could, if I can. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Angela go for it yeah no I I personally love watching people's faces the first time they hear you tell your story you know who maybe don't know it um and I always try to kind of scan the crowd and I'm always looking at the women you know uh because you you have a very universal story um that that is extraordinarily relatable and um so for us locally you know in local leadership like it is amazing to have a a female candidate who seems so relatable that maybe can get those gears grinding in um in the audience's heads you know that like i i can overcome my obstacles you know like i can you know anything is possible um, and so that I think is just tremendous. And like, you are such an extrovert, but you also are extremely relatable. And I, and I think that goes so far. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I just, I think, you know, when you're out in, in the smaller counties, you know, um, I, I think you can, your story really plants a lot of seeds. I'm glad because, you know, when I first started running statewide for Superior Court, you know, the first, I don't know, month or so, maybe even longer, I was listening to all the other candidates speak and, you know, they were getting up there and, you know, all of my friends, but Dwayne Woodruff, I've been married how many years? Deb Kunselman, I've been married how many years? Look, I love them. And I was like, oh, Jeff Moulton, I was married. And I'm thinking to myself, here I am, divorced, single mom. I wouldn't talk about that personal part about me. I would just go into my years of experience as a lawyer, as a judge. And then, you know what? I don't know what it was, but I'm like, you know, the hell with this. I am who I am. And I'm just going to say it, you know, I'm a single mom of two boys by myself, never thought I would be, but here I am. And so, and I couldn't believe like how many people related to that number one, because in my family, it was not relatable. I was the first (laughs) one, probably the only one. I don't even know anybody in my family who's divorced, but me. I came, you know, my two aunts were nuns, um, oh, wow. you know, and, and so everybody just was married and stayed right. married. And so 
it really was a big deal for me to share that with everybody. Uh, and then women were so, I'm a single mom too, I'm a single mom. But what really shocked me were like young men who were like, I was raised by a single mom, I'm voting for you. Cause I know how hard I gave my mom a hard time. So <laughs> if you could do this, I'm voting for you. You know, So it wasn't just like the women that, first of all, I never thought I was getting any reaction to it. To me, it was something that I felt I had to be genuine because I think it shows when you're genuine yeah. and, and it shows when you're not and you're just making a stump speech. And I thought like I was just leaving something out of my life that was, was really who made me who I am. Being a single mom truly is probably one of the most important things that I think drives me in everything that I do because I never thought I'd be in that position the fact that I was, wasn't by choice. You know, many women are a lot stronger than me and do it by choice. Mine was not a choice, you know, at all. It was my responsibility and I did it and I stepped up. But the fact that I made it through that really just makes me think like I could just do anything. And so I was like glad that I shared that and really kind of amazed at not just women who related to me because of that, but the people who were raised by single moms. Um, I'm going to cling on to that little nugget about how the young men were repentant for their sins and so said they're going to vote for you. So men, if any men are listening, think about every stupid thing you've ever done and then only vote for women from now on. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I wanted to ask a question about how you manage your schedule because I ran for Senate last year and was teaching and also had a six-year-old and like I know how tiring that was but I never left my house you are literally everywhere all the time like I see po like campaign posts from you in all corners of the state like on the same day and like is it witchcraft because we didn't give you any spells um, but how how do you stay sane and yet be so magical with your ability to be everywhere for everyone well now who says I'm sane is the question. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. I'm so used to, and again, pulling it back to being a single mom. Mm -hmm. I have multitasked my entire life, you know, with two boys. They were just a year apart. They were very different boys. You know, I have a chef and a photographer, oh, uh, one six foot one, one looks, you know, Italian, Irish one is so Italian. They're just so different in every way, physically, what they like. Um, so I was all over the place all the time. And if I did not make a schedule and keep myself in check, there was no way my life or theirs was going to have any meaning at all. So with this, I actually feel blessed that I'm on the appellate court because it's a lot easier for me to campaign statewide now than it was back in 2017 when I was a trial judge, because I had to be physically on the bench every single day, right? That's how you work. Now I have my laptop, I'm working. I have chambers in Pittsburgh and Harrisburg if I'm in those places. So um, it's a lot more manageable work-wise, um, but campaign-wise, I, I probably spend two hours a day just making my schedule so that I can make, make it through the day. And it takes me two hours because I have to Google, Google map every single place we go to, <laughs> how far it is, mm -hmm. how long I can be there, how long the event is, you know, what about work? Like right from here, I'm going to a viewing because like real life is still around, right? 
So there's still things happening that you can't just go, okay, I'm not a person anymore because I'm a candidate. You're still a person. You know, thankfully my boys are older, so they don't require a whole lot. But my one son who's a chef says that he's a chef because he had to learn to cook when I ran for, you know, court of common pleas, <laughs> just the three of us. And my big thing was like, we have to sit dinner at the dinner table because I had this, you know, thing about it was only the three of us and pretty soon it wouldn't be when they're off to college and they, I needed to somehow show them, didn't matter what a family looks like, this is what ours looks like, but it could look like anything, but it's still a family. And so that was really important to me. My son knew, so he would cook yeah. for us and he was the chef and he cooked for me and my other son. So, you know, so do what nice. you gotta do, but the schedule, I take at least two hours just to do my daily schedule. Oh, wow. I'm trying to think of like, if I ever have known a male candidate who has been so dedicated to doing things deliberately like that and not just like winging it because mm. somebody else will take care of it. And I just, I, I can't, can't, I can't really think of think any. Of any. <laughs> I do it myself all yeah. myself because I don't trust anybody else that to do it. I mean, and I don't expect anybody else to do it. You know, I'm the beneficiary of the position if I get it. So I have to put in the good work. If all of you like, like it always amazes me. Like I worked with Katie and Jillian and everybody who's willing to help you if they believe in you to me is just, uh, it's humbling beyond words because you certainly can't do it by yourself. But the fact that others are willing to do it and you're not even getting that job, like it's my job. I do it for all of us. I wear my black robe for all of us, but it's still my job. And you're all willing to help me get that job. And so I feel an obligation to make sure that I work to get it. And once I'm in there, I don't just talk the talk. You know what I mean? And that's hopefully why I continue to get elected because I don't do that. I Absolutely. walk Emily. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, until um, very recently, uh, we've seen, you know, that most of the state courts have been dominated by, you know, white male judges. Um, and what do you think that we could do as, you know, activists, party people to recruit more folks, more women, people of color to run for things like um, MBJ and, and Common Pleas? Well, I think just empowering each other, because I think if you look at our ticket right now, we do have two women of color. And so, I mean, and I, I have always been supportive, like, you know, tell them we can do it. Like, look, you know, all we have to do is stick together and you put in the hard work and folks are willing to really help you. Um, but I think, you know, especially looking at the Supreme Court, you know, it's going to be in existence 300 years next year. And there's never been a majority of women. So I like to tell all the women, isn't this the perfect birthday present for our Supreme Court to have I a majority so. of women? Yes. And I would be making that happen and get to be on the court with Justice Deborah Todd, who's going to be our first female chief justice ever. <sighs> so it really is history in the making. Yes. Justice Todd is an Elwood City native. I have to throw that out there as, you know, as the Elwood City girl here, I would be- No, listen, same, because I remember when I saw Justice Todd at my picnic when she was running for retention. And like, by the way, God bless judges that are like gonna run for retention because like genuinely, 
genuinely like if you're running for retention you're probably going to get retained unless there's some been there's been some kind of like insane scandal but she went out and she campaigned and uh i grew up uh near elwood city and she's like oh yeah i'm from elwood and i was like what She's a great. Supreme Court justice. Yeah, okay. no. Debbie McCloskey Todd is an Elwood yes, City that's girl. Right. Oh, McCloskey. Like, There's so many McCloskeys. Yeah, and I and I want I want to throw it out here mm-hmm. that every year, Elwood City's uh, the Lincoln High School senior AP Gov students take an Amtrak. And she she meets with them and has dinner and shows them the work that she does. And that is so empowering because so many uh, students in in especially girls in small towns don't have um, don't have strong professional mentorship in their life. And so, you know, just to be able to have that glimpse of what is possible is so enormous. Yeah. So, yes, majority female Supreme Court. I, I, we got to do it. We got to do it. Yes. So, I need to sit up there with her. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me, we have a couple more minutes. Let me ask you this last question. So on this particular podcast, we talk a lot about mediocre white men and you know as women uh, we're all advantages we're all aware of like the advantages that people have um based on their gender uh but like so for you do you feel like there are certain things that you've had to overcome as a judge as a candidate um that you know the average joe white dude candidate has not had to deal with sure i mean look uh, what i have found certainly from the time I started my uh, career in 1992 as a lawyer until now, certainly things have changed. Like I was in the district attorney's office, you know, you didn't have, I had a female district attorney and it's the only reason I believe I was made a chief. Oh, wow. Gave me that opportunity. There were, you know, I'm 55, just turned 55. You know, now women are in much higher positions than I was ever in at that time. But back then, no, they weren't. And so I think that if it wasn't a female chief, I wouldn't, I mean, a female district attorney, I don't think that I would have had that opportunity. And then, you know, of course there's things. I became a judge. I'll never forget. I walked in the room and, you know, one of the judges said, you know, oh, hi, hon, or something like that. Oh, you know, and I, Just from then I stopped excuse me, you know, I just wanted to, from that point, let them know. If I was a guy walking in here, male judge, what are you going to call me? Judge or whatever. Yeah. Well, I expect to be called the same damn thing. And I said it, I let it be known. And I think it kind of, when you do that, it sets the stage. I mean, you just have to let people know it's just not cool. It's not okay. I'm not all right with it. Um, But I think, you know, just things have changed for me in that I see how much women are supporting women. And back then it wasn't because we didn't love each other. It was because there were only so many positions. And mm-hmm. so we were vying for the one thing, you know, we knew, okay, if there's five men, maybe one of them's going to go to a woman and we were all fighting for the same thing. But now I think even if there is one thing, we realize, okay, this woman is the best woman for it, and she's the one up for it, so let's get behind her. And so, boy, I've noticed that change big time. As a candidate, 
course there's things, there's little things just like dress and things like that, that we literally have to think about that mm -hmm. they don't, that they don't, they just yeah. don't. I mean, even if it's something as arbitrary as, you know, I have blue toenails right now I'm looking at, you know, <laughs> is this not going to be okay? You know, if I go to the sheriff's association or this, mm -hmm. does a guy have to think of that? No, but I actually put on a closed toe shoe when I went out Friday <laughs> night because I have blue toes. So, I mean, these are things that I don't really care because I have the blue toes and my first superior court argument on bunk, I didn't know it was televised and I came out with blue hair. So <laughs> it's not like I'm afraid, but they are things that you have to think of. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they don't. And so I, I do think that even today, there are still so many obstacles that we have. We've come a long way. And I think if we just continue on, it's only going to get better, but it's because of us, we have to make it better, but we yeah. have to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was not aware of the blue hair thing. How did that happen? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have it on TV and my husband and I laugh all the time because he'll go, um, now that's what a superior court judge looks like <laughs> because we had, <laughs> we had an on bunk argument, which Bless. is nine of us, you know, mm -hmm. we sit in panels of three but uh, we also sit in panels of nine, like three times a year, because there's very important cases or if our court is in conflict. So we're, we're 15 judges, maybe we have seven versus eight, we're gonna sit all nine and decide what's gonna happen. So I knew that I was going to court, I didn't care, but we had our granddaughter and she wanted her hair colored purple and it was the summertime, so we let her. And she says, well, what are you gonna get? And so I said, well, I'll get blue. So I had all blue here, all bright blue. And I loved it. And I knew I had court, so I didn't care. I had court, but yeah. I had no idea it was televised. And I walk in the courtroom oh. and here I see PCN in the back of the courtroom. <laughs> and I go, well, you know what? That camera's way back there. Who cares? You know, it's far back. I didn't realize that when you ask a question, boom, it comes right up to you, it zooms in on you. So we laugh because it just happened to be a case that I had a lot of questions on. And the camera kept getting closer and closer. I have my bright lipstick and my blue hair and that's who I am. And I was proud to be that way. But again, who knows? There are things I think about during the campaign that I don't think about when I'm Maria McLaughlin, I'm the judge, but yeah. now I have to get elected and you actually have to think of those things. So I think it's very different for us still. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that is, that's amazing. I love blue hair. That's, <laughs> that was a really like reassuring story for me deeply like, reassuring just hearing that like just really um <laughs> like I I totally understand the sentiment from running but also I feel like um people like you are often seen as maybe kind of intimidating and so that just really it made me feel very good thank you for okay. sharing that story <laughs> so not intimidating and I, look I actually just love the blue hair and so it's a great thing when you can just go you know what I this is what a superior court judge looks like because yes. I am a superior court judge and I have blue hair because I like it. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter one Love bit. It. That's so amazing. It is six o'clock, so thank you so much. Thank you. I miss all your Court judge, hopefully Supreme Court Judge Maria McLaughlin. 
thank, thank you so you. much for joining us. Thank you. I can't wait to see you guys in person. And yeah. you'll have to decide what color hair shall I get when I'm on the Supreme Court with Deborah Todd. Uh, Cause it'll be me, not Deb. Deb's not gonna, uh, you know, dye her hair. Should so we do I'm a Twitter poll? A Twitter, we could do a Twitter poll. What oh, color do we think that Maria Malachlan should dye her hair? All right, <laughs> I will do whatever that poll says. Oh my goodness. Oh my. All right, we need, we need to be nice in, in, the, in the choices. We'll be good, we'll be good though. <laughs> I don't care, I, I like <laughs> <laughs> right, this well, is why she's steals, my favorite. I was going to say, that steals your victory right there because you're about to yeah. light up the Twitter sphere. That's it. We're going to light it up. I, I can't imagine that my opponent's going to be saying this. So. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even well, know who your opponent you, is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Maria. Good to my see pleasure. you. Thank you. That was oh, amazing. I'm like, I'm not going to stop thinking about this Twitter poll. So. Oh, we're going to do this Twitter poll. Listen, after this episode comes out, you know that there will be a Twitter poll where we will try to figure out what color Maria McLaughlin's hair should be. Should she make it to the Supreme Court? And that is your, your sworn duty to send her to the Supreme Court. I have an idea. Yeah. What's what that? if? We, we ask for the suggestions for the poll from our Patreon subscribers. So if, if you want to make a suggestion, give us That's your money. And then Maria will slap some food or get slapped with some food. No, or not. just dye her hair. No, 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 no other Maria. Oh, the other Maria. Still running you know what? Too. We have Maria the two best Marias on mm-hmm. the face of the planet. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, here's the deal. Like if you become a Patreon subscriber, number one, you can suggest a color that Maria McLaughlin's hair should be dyed for our Twitter poll. And two, you can help us figure out how, like what food to slap Maria Montagna with. Um, it's a Maria Palooza here. Angela. I, I, I want to take a moment to point out that um, Maria McLaughlin is amazing and we have to get her to the Supreme Court. And I think that that many of our listeners probably know this, but I would be willing to guarantee that there's some that don't. And that's the fact that campaigning for um, any of the judicial seats is very, very different in that the candidates themselves cannot fundraise. Right. So I'm just going to take a moment to say you should donate some money to Maria McLaughlin's campaign. That's all. No, absolutely right. Yeah, no, that's very true. And it's a very good point. Judicial candidates um, cannot actually ask you for money so like every other candidate right can say like hey could you give me five dollars because with just five dollars blah 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 um judicial candidates can't ask you for a single not even 50 cents not a penny um and so on her behalf please donate to maria mclaughlin's campaign because she is amazing she is uh, a real ass human being and we desperately love her and are so excited to see her on the Supreme Court. Um, and also like watch out for opportunities to, what do we do? Knock doors for her. 
give her your money right. give her your money go knock your neighborhood and then knock your neighborhood uh so yeah like help her out because she's awesome uh, we, ledger she's a, yeah she's a judge she can help judge our what are you calling it penavision penavision maybe we can maybe we can request that maria malaza becomes the penavision judge uh i think that'd be so good if we had an actual supreme court judge as uh one of our penavision judges and it's not to be clear it's not political not political it's not in any way political and but also to be clear i just want to make this very very crystal um i will tell you that pennsylvania supreme court justices the best supreme court justices because the pennsylvania supreme court is the oldest supreme court in our nation older than the united states supreme court so suck it (laughs) to to everyone (laughs) everyone pennsylvania in the house we've been around um elect maria mclaughlin she's amazing i have a question about the the penavision though because we had said well you guys i wasn't here last for the (laughs) the time when it was being discussed but you had said it would be one like entry per county but yeah. that seems kind of uneven doesn't it because like why would fulton county with fourteen thousand people i mean yes it's definitely a united states senate style sort it of unevenness did, but every county as somebody who has been to all of them yeah and knows most of them very well like She's random so town the rest of us there are so many strengths that each county has oh God, that up. they can bring to the table for Penavision. Listen, we all it know Fulton County's going to be out un- in the first round. It, Get it over just it. seems unfair to like Philadelphia and the other more populated counties to, I mean, to restrict them though, to only one entry. Emily, 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 listen, if, if the good people <laughs> of the highly populated counties are concerned and they would like to improve their odds of making it to the Penavision. If they want to have their own competition. They can carpet bag. Okay. Candidates do it. Just move. You have till next year. Yeah. Carpet bag. Carpet bag. It is like manifest destiny up in this joint. There's a whole state. Oh my God. Yeah. If you want to improve your chances, you got a little time to move. But listen, also like Philadelphia and Allegheny County and like all of the more populous counties, if you want to have your own like uh, countywide competition to find out who you're going to send to Penavision, I think that's actually maybe even more authentic to the Eurovision, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, vision as it were uh than anything else so please by all means it's like we'll judge we're happy to judge but first we need to work out a licensing agreement to help support the 100 we do need to work out a licensing agreement if you use penavision um we will we have lawyers uh we will try to lawyer you all the way to the supreme court all the way to the supreme court (laughs) 
Oldest in the nation. <laughs> we're we're like copywriting TM. <laughs> like we're. <laughs> I mean, we have in in the the non pod whole group coven. We do have multiple lawyers. I'm sure we could actually trademark this shit. Oh, 100. 100%. Just the only Absolutely. the only thing we're doing where I feel like my natural talents are actually relevant <laughs> as a music educator. I, I think useful. you're going to be our Penavision Empress. <laughs> yes. You are <laughs> you're our Ryan Seacrest. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, oh, I'm, I'm thinking more like um, like the Hunger Games. But okay, like, so okay. like a very flashy outfit. I'm down. Yeah. Um, costumes are, are are really a big part of it. costumes. I mean, the whole thing is basically Tell us a story. Pageant. It's Tell basically a, a pageant, right? Like we're gonna it's ride a the fair circuit. It's like, a but pageant. like not necessarily a pageant of like who's like the prettiest, but like a pageant of uh, who could be the most. Like just represent Pennsylvania, like to the core of your being. I feel like if anything tears this commonwealth apart it'll be this this tournament because how can any how can any place represent pennsylvania to its core without causing an immense you know what honestly (laughs) i do think there's there's a lot at stake um and as a native western pennsylvanian i would say that if the winner is not the pennsylvania polka I will incite a surrection, an insurrection um, against, I don't know, something. Don't Winning make Russ Simon tweet about you. Do you not yeah. like little D democracy? Okay. What's your problem, Jillian? No. My, no. I like we're the not, Pennsylvania not, polka. Here's a list of things though. that I like. Number one, the Pennsylvania polka. Number two, small D democracy. Um, <laughs> no i'm kidding that's that's not that's not even a little bit right um oh my god listen before i say anything else ridiculous uh katie can you tell us about the events that you've chosen to highlight on this episode i would be happy to um so there are two uh elected uh candidate events Mm -hmm. we will of course have the links in the show notes for you um on july 31st at 5 p.m there is a tara's true blue birthday bash which is for tara's rinsky who is running for northampton um county council for re-election Shout out Emerge um, 2019. Yes, 2019. Also yes. Merge Brad, a friend of, of many Coven members. Mm. So that is the first one. Um, the second one, and I have three. The second mm-hmm. one is with State Senator Lindsey Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on July 31st at 9 a.m. She is having a Dogs and Democracy event at Highland Park. One of my favorite areas of Mm. of pittsburgh and she will be there um we do love lindsey williams she also is an emerge i'm a super fan she's my emerge sister hey lindsey love you yeah yeah um and the third thing is 
go check out your county party website, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, carrier pigeons, whatever the hell they use. Yeah. Um, some might actually use carrier pigeons. Uh, but yeah. or or a local newspaper because they often like place ads. They do put ads in the yeah, newspapers yeah, yeah. too. I'm not totally sure why. Yeah. But most county parties in the state of Pennsylvania, if they have not already had a summer picnic, they are going to be having a summer picnic. Yep. So definitely look up that area as a way to get involved. So many local candidates are running. It's a great way to meet local candidates if you haven't already and to say, hey, I'll knock some doors for you. You might even get to meet Maria McLaughlin. You might. She's everywhere. Because uh, she's everywhere. And you know what? Honestly, uh, if you uh, are having trouble finding your county's stuff, uh, you can always DM or email the Blair County uh, Democrats uh, because... Uh, we provide that service often for people in counties like Cambria, no shade, um, <laughs> etc. Um, but no, we do love you and would love to facilitate your being more involved in your local county politics. You can so please do that, Shanna. DM the Night Caucus. DM Sorry. the Night Caucus. We're from we're like mostly all from different counties, so we yeah. can give you. York mm-hmm. is not having a summer picnic, which is very depressing to me. <gasps> except. We will be at the relocated, so the the York Fair is okay. happening next week. So when I don't know when this airs, but it runs mm-hmm. until July thirty first, I believe. Okay. So still a couple of days, and we will have people there. And we're inside one of the big air conditioned buildings, and it's going to be hot as balls. So come to the fair, and then come and talk to us inside where it's cold. I like that. Well, we won't feed you picnic food. I'm really sorry about that. No, but you know, it's a fair. So presumably like if you have money, there's, you know, there are garbage to put in your face. Goats. 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 And they climb on little spools and they're really cute. And there's duckies. Come see little baby goats and then come see me because I'll be there. I don't know when though. Sorry. We'll figure it out. Angela. Uh, So I'm sad to report that I'm not sad. It was very nice, but um, yeah. Lawrence County had we we did not have a full blown large picnic this year. We had a um, our meeting, our summer meeting, also mm-hmm. had some hot dogs, and it was like low key. Um, yeah. But we didn't we didn't go full out picnic because we were very concerned about advanced planning in terms of COVID. Sure, sure. So. Um, but no, we had a great event, but I wanted to take my time to just say, if you're listening to this and you have um, any, uh, if you're on your county e-board or um, you have any influence over these processes, please make your ticket prices accessible to all uh, because we need more people to be involved yes. and we need to diversify our committees and our volunteer bases. And that's not going to happen uh, when you have expensive tickets. That's and funny. I'm going to say, if you are having something that is literally called a picnic, a picnic, and you're charging more than 20 bucks, yeah, get the fuck out of there. That's insane. Yes, it's absolutely insane. What Katie said. Also, um, the Franklin County Dems this this year are doing a um, the entries like ten or maybe twelve, something like that, and then they they're going to do half price for 
kids like under 10 or something which I think is a really great idea too because you know charging full price for little kids like that's just a waste of money half the time and it makes it a lot more difficult for uh parents to come it makes it less accessible yeah and so you know that's just another idea as well like props to them for thinking of that because um for parents like what are you going to do leave I mean you could get a babysitter but then you're spending even more money so it's like yeah make it accessible to families make it you know there's other ways to do it too like you could always do offers like buy a ticket for somebody else and then there's available tickets for folks who want to attend and get involved but you know can't really afford that and that's there are people in our communities who can't afford that type of thing and so you know just think more broadly when you're making these plans like yes it's a fundraiser but what's the end goal like the end goal is to get people out meeting other dems and getting involved like the main goal the fundraising is the means to the end so don't impede the end with this high entry price yeah and we're just coming out Mm -hmm. of a pandemic like people who may have had money or you thought you had money a year and a half ago the last time you did one of these things might not anymore right so that's really important you know there's a lot of people who had to leave their field for whatever reason and are still looking or people who went back and were like i'm just going to be the stay-at-home parent or something like that as we've had to go through this and think about workers because we still haven't raised the fucking minimum wage yep what what can a worker afford um to pay as well and it's the workers that people keep at least paying lip service to yeah uh that we need to get to vote for us well you know what get them out there and let them meet candidates yeah and let them eat hot dogs let and them eat hot dogs and let them eat hot dogs and listen this and veggie fun. burgers and, and veggie and burgers veggie for the rest of us and yeah. listen this wasn't supposed to be a hack section but i feel i'm remiss if i don't throw one more thing in here sure. uh, on this topic while we're on it um Listen, additionally, when, when you're thinking about your events, and I, I want to really double down on this, um, even, I mean, everyone loves, everyone loves to feel fancy, everybody like, and I, I guess on this one, I'm talking more on banquets, you know, sure. and fall events, but listen, yeah. please consider where you're having events, and if it is a place in which the majority of people would feel comfortable. Uh, because accessibility is not just money, it's, it is setting, okay, it is setting, and a lot of that, like, I mean, this, this, choosing your venue can end up being gatekeeping as well, Um, we're the party of the people, and so, like, my favorite example that I like to use, I'm gonna throw it out there, and I'm, I'm gonna drop it, and I'm just gonna walk away from it, but my favorite (laughs) example to use is this, Um, so, so I know that a lot of Democratic County parties like to have events at country clubs. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I'm sorry if that's your party, then, um, you know, I am talking to you. Um, yeah. But like, so my grandfather and his friends, um, as Italian immigrants, they weren't, they loved to golf. They were, and they were businessmen and they were denied entrance to the local yep. country club. So mm-hmm. they started their own public golf course so they could golf. But so like, all I'm trying to say is these are not venues that um, for a lot of people scream, hey, this is a place where everyone is comfortable and yeah. you can come and be yourself. 
Um, so there's gatekeeping that can happen in that way as well. So maybe trying to think about that as well when you're event planning. And maybe don't serve Chick-fil-A. Yeah, don't go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> don't, don't serve Chick-fil-A. But also like, if you do go to a hotel, because maybe you need that bigger space, right? Maybe you're in a larger county, you need to have like 200 people or something. So you need a bigger like hotel banquet room. I get it. Make sure there's accessible tickets. uh, uh, Uh. Make sure the hotel is unionized before picking it. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. And if you live in a place where that is not an option for you, as maybe half of you do. Unionize it for them. Yes. I mean, (laughs) probably more than half of you. uh, Speaking as a person who actually works in the labor movement uh unlike other people here um i would say that you know if you can if you can it's a good idea and if you can't like we're not gonna be mad at you um but it's important if it's available i'm gonna be mad at you if you have your event at a country club sorry i'm not oh no like if you're gonna have your event at a country club go fuck yourself Okay, just wanted to go out. No, absolutely. <laughs> to be uh, fair, like, we're just talking about like unionized hotels. Like if the hotel is unionized, yay. If it's not, like we get it. The you know presence of unionized hotels is like a, a, very low, unfortunate, very low. Um, and yes, encourage them to form a union, um, but also make sure your stuff is accessible. Uh, <laughs> listen. All right, Uh, so I guess let's close it out. Um, Number one, please don't forget to check out our Patreon, subscribe, help us pay our producer. Um, And in the doing of such, you can help choose a food for Maria Montano to be slept with. She will make a video only for our Patreon subscribers of her being slapped with said food and I can't tell you what you're missing if you haven't seen that yet uh, many 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 thanks the hair color they can Great help hair. suggest a hair color yeah, oh yes also if you become a Patreon subscriber you can suggest what color hair we should vote on for Maria McLaughlin to have when she's a Supreme Court judge if you can get her elected so it's like a two-part. One, you have to become a Patreon subscriber. Two, you have to help Maria McLaughlin get elected to the Supreme Court. Um, and so many, many thanks to our very, very, very special guest, which Superior Court Judge Maria McLaughlin. Let's like Superior Court Judge Maria McLaughlin came on our podcast. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, and so many thanks to my co-witches, Katie Bloom, Angela Valvano, Shanna Daniels, and Emily Best. I have been Jillian Crotzer. Thank you, of course, to our mysterious and delightful producer, Dr. Ack. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We have goals to reach, people. You have to follow us on Twitter so that we can hit those goals so that we can be better than other podcasts. And, like, what is there to do if not to be better than other podcasts? So, like, let's just help us do that. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Caucus. Subscribe. Rate us on Apple Pods, (laughs) Spotify, wherever you listen to your pods. And, And again, just again. Come join our community by becoming a Patreon sponsor. I like saving the desperation for the very end. <laughs>